Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for your great love, and thank you for the audience who is hearing this show today. Lord, we pray blessings over everyone who's listening, Lord, that you would stir your spirit within, Lord, that you would activate gifts, God, that you will bring provision, that you will bring hope, that you will break um, hardship and addiction in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, and we just speak your goodness, your life, and your hope to those who are listening today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today's co-host is Mr. Calvin James, and our guest today is a lay minister for the Diocese of Baton Rouge, Mr. Kevin McCall. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you. Glad to be here this morning. So Kevin is not a true Cajun Catholic yet, but he's moved to South Louisiana recently, and he is a Cajun Catholic in my book, and uh, he's a legend in Baton Rouge already. So welcome to the show, Kevin. Tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Boy, now I've got a big yeah. act to follow, a legend here. But, <laughs> but we'll say the legend is Jesus. And so anytime we make Jesus famous, yes, maybe we become a legend because of that. So I grew up in western North Carolina in a Baptist family, beautiful Baptist family, got a great foundation, just knowing my need for Jesus. Um, but in my late 20s, I, I realized there had to be something more. I needed more. I would read the Bible and wonder, well, why am I not seeing the things happen that I was reading about in the Bible? So that led me on a journey into discovering the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, which sometimes we don't know that much about, but he's pretty powerful. and <laughs> He's the man. <laughs> he is the man. And so I had a just a, a deep encounter with the Holy Spirit that really led me into a whole new way of praying, a whole new way of studying and reading the Bible, and even finding resources that would teach me how to grow in faith and how to walk the walk that the Lord tells us to walk. So over the years, I began to to go deeper in prayer and would be led to places to pray and would meet people to pray over. And one day I was working out in the gym of all places, and a lady jumps on the elliptical beside me, and my trainer asked, do you know this woman? And I said, no. And she said, you need to. You were both really Jesus people. And that woman is Ann Trufant, and she is originally from New Orleans and then spent many, many years working and ministering in Baton Rouge. And now she and her husband, David, have a summer camp there and in North, Western North Carolina. So meeting Ann, she was the first Catholic that I met who really seemed to be on fire for her faith. And I knew by that time that that the Catholic Church was legitimate and that the Catholic Church was Christian, but I still thought there were some things kind of off about the Catholic Church. And so meeting Anne just brought a whole new dimension to like a Catholic who's on fire for her faith. And, and it was fun being invited over to the camp and meeting other Catholics who really seem to love Jesus and understand who Jesus is. So it was fun just beginning to pray at camp, being around camp. And the Lord really put on my heart to start praying for the Catholic Church because I realized that over half the Christian population is Catholic. So if the Catholic Church was vibrantly alive and evangelizing the way Jesus taught us to, Gosh, we could have the world evangelized in no time. <laughs> so, so it was fun beginning to pray for the church. And then what happened 
is three years after praying for the church, the Lord brought me into full communion with the Catholic Church, and it was a really special time, and I've been running with it ever since. I love that. I want to ask the first question, Calvin. I know you want to jump in here, (laughs) but uh, tell me about your baptism in the Holy Spirit. You mentioned that something happened. When did that happen, and, and what happened? Well, that was in my late teens, early 20s. I had a friend who had invited me to come hear an evangelist that was in town, and I went, and I can't really tell you exactly what happened. You know, the music was fine. Don't know a word that he said, but after he had given his message, he said, I want to pray for everyone in here. (laughs) And it was so interesting because as he's praying for people, they're falling in the floor. And I thought to myself, okay, Jesus, I need everything from you I can get, and anything that's not from you, please protect me because i got enough struggles without inviting anything more. <laughs> but, but the man, like, put his hand on me, and it was like the weight of a fly landing on my head. And I just felt this, like, overwhelming just, like, weight on me where I couldn't stand up. And so I was in the floor, and suddenly I wanted to laugh, and I thought, you know, I'm in church, you don't laugh. No good. The person beside me started laughing, and suddenly yeah, everyone yeah. is in the floor laughing. And it seems so, like, odd. You think, like, why? how could this be God? Except a tree is known by its fruit. Yeah. And when I left that day, I was praying like I'd never prayed before. And, like, what happened to me? And so then my friend who had invited me um, began to, to talk to me and led me to some other adults who could teach more about what it is to, to know the Holy Spirit. And they walked me through the book of Acts and really watching the way that the Lord worked and how that just the, the, the presence of God in you activated can really bring you to a whole new level of faith. Beautiful. Well, you know, I heard you say laughter. I'm going to ask you about your early experience, but, you know, Isaac was named Isaac because another name for Isaac is laughter. <laughs> and so God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's in the process of doing things like that. And another thing I want to share with you, Kevin, is the fact that one of the guys that I know that has been baptized in the Holy Spirit was speaking in another language. He doesn't speak. He whistles. Wow. This is This is how he relates to God in the spirit when he's overwhelmed. So we don't know how God is going to cause us to respond when it comes to the Holy Spirit. What I want to ask you now is, what was your earliest experience that you knew that God was talking to you through the Holy Spirit? That's very interesting for me to know and for the audience to hear. Well, I guess there's two answers to the question. There was growing up just kind of an interior belief that, mm-hmm. that God would talk and, and would respond. But I mostly understood that through just like reading scripture and that, you know, a scripture would kind of stand out to you or, or someone would say something that really spoke to your heart. But the first time I ever like really knew, like I knew, like I knew that God was speaking to me, giving me a direct message is when I went to a prophetic conference is what it was called. And I had been sensing, I say sensing, for quite some time that the Lord wanted me to start journaling, that I needed to start journaling because he was going to be doing some incredible things, and I needed to keep record of that so I could look back and see how he'd answered the prayers and what he was doing and how he was moving. So I go to this conference, and they have a prayer team that I went for prayer, and it's three complete strangers, and this is in a city two and a half hours away where nobody knows me. 
And the first thing this prayer team said, and they didn't ask for any prayer requests. They just said, please tell us your name, and then we're going to try to share what we feel the Lord is saying. First thing they said is, I feel like the Lord is calling you to start journaling because he's going to be doing some powerful things in your life, and you need to keep record. And... And that just floored me. First of all, that, you know, these words were coming from these people that I didn't know. But even more so, it's like, okay, God, this is actually you speaking. I'm not just making this up. This isn't just an impression. This isn't just a good idea or a good thing to do. It's like, Lord, you are actually giving me a message. And now I can know that I need to trust that interior prompting more. Yeah. And you've been journaling ever since? I have been, yes, for a whole many, many years. Well, you and Todd have something in common. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My mom kept a diary. Uh, She was a cradle Catholic and really for 42 years uh, solid. And and when she passed, I I inherited that. And uh, I've been reading that ever since. And it inspired me to start. Yes. You know, and uh, um, my daughter does that as well. Both of them, uh, all of them, really, I guess, you know, uh, is very powerful. So, Kevin. One of the things that um, led me to you is, again, my daughter went to mm-hmm. Camp Catalea in, in North Carolina, and she just said, oh, my, Kevin, you have to meet Kevin. And uh, she just talked about how you prayed over her and prayed over others. How did that start? Uh, and, you know, th- this has, like, really become uh, something supernatural. Well, it started little by little. Like, definitely the stirring up of the Holy Spirit, in my life. And then hearing people teaching about hearing from the Lord and, and speaking out. So so like with that prayer team that I had met with, I began to realize slowly that it's like this is the Holy Spirit speaking through them and we all have the Holy Spirit through our baptism, through our confirmation, and then through just those interior stirrings that that are continual and that we can always ask for more. So so by hearing that the spirit in you can do these same things. It was just like, okay, well, let's let's give it a go. And, and it's intimidating at first, but it becomes so natural when you finally get in your head that this is about Jesus and his love and has nothing to do with you. So you don't have to have a word for someone. You don't have to have the right prayer because you don't. But the Lord does. Holy Spirit does. And so when I pray for people now, I'm simply able just to to look at this person and have no clue who they are, anything about them. But I know that Jesus loves the person so much that he's always going to have some type of encouragement, some type of message to, to just help people in their faith walk. And so when you trust the Lord, it just makes it easy. And so it's it's been, gosh, 20 years now wow. of practice. And that's why we call it practicing our faith. You practice your faith. It doesn't come naturally. But the more you read, the more you trust, the more testimonies you hear, the more you begin to believe, well, wait, I can do this too. Yes, you have every gift in the Holy Spirit. And we all have primary callings. You know, some people are better at science, some are better at math. So it was like prophecy was something that just really spoke to my heart and I wanted to grow in. But just because I don't have a, quote, healing gift, doesn't mean that I shouldn't pray for healing. You know, if Mm -hmm. someone's just twisted their ankle in front of me, I'm going to pray for their ankle because God told us to. And that's another cool thing is that we're just responsible for obedience. The results are up to the Holy Spirit. So again, it takes off the pressure of, I have to be perfect. I have to pray right. I have to do this right. I have to see results. No, all you have to do is love Jesus and love the person in front of you. And it just makes the, the journey of prayer and growth so much richer. How about that, Calvin? That's awesome. 
that is awesome. <laughs> uh, I like that, and I like that analogy because uh, it is a process, and it's also uh, something that we need to uh, build up in us is uh, patience and self-control because uh, with God, timing is everything. I also, because I wasn't there and the audience wasn't there, can you share a little bit about how you and Emily met and what led you to pray over her? In fact, just tell us a little bit about the events of that meeting. Okay, well, basically how it worked with, with Emily is with her being at the camp where my friends David and Ann Troopin own this camp. And so Ann would just have me come in whenever I could. This is when I lived there. And now I will travel back for a week or so. So again, this has been many years of ministry that's been building. But I would just show up at camp when I could and just pray with people. It was really that simple. It's just, oh, okay, this one wants prayer. Someone else would like prayer. Oh, will you want prayer? And it always seems in lines form. Because again, the testimony of Jesus builds so much faith. So when you pray for one person and they're you know, profoundly touched by the Lord, then they go out and tell it. And suddenly everyone wants more prayer. And so, so that's how it was. Emily was just one of the ones that I'd like some prayer, please. And I prayed over her. And apparently, <laughs> it really spoke to her heart. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. yeah. And really? so, uh, Kevin, what, what led you to, to South Louisiana? How would you get down here? Now, I know yes, the Trufants. Now, I know a little bit about the Trufants, <laughs> and I know that Mother Teresa put them together, uh, Ann and her husband. And that's a supernatural story in and of itself. But, yeah, what led you to South Louisiana? Well, really wild. And, again, with the Lord, everything is just it's a progression and so it began actually with father andrew merrick he Mm -hmm. was the first one i had prayed with him at camp and a couple months later he had ann um, on the docket to come down and do a parish mission for him when he was still in belrose and he said hey it'd be great if you could come with ann and 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 pray over people and i said well that sounds good so that was my first introduction flew into baton rouge and then drove to belrose so Again, you know, I'm getting the Cajun Catholic thing here yeah, going on. You got it going on. <laughs> but but anyway, being there praying with the, the people at St. Jules then led to many more invitations to come back and I met some other priests who would ask, Can you come to my parish? Can you come do parish missions? Can you come do prayer teams? Can you train prayer teams? Will you do confirmation retreats? And it got to a point where I wanted to say yes to everything, but I did still have to make a living. So I was doing hair at the time, a very successful hair business. (laughs) But the time came where I wanted to say yes to the full-time ministry. But I said, God, you've got to make a way. How does this happen? And how it happens is you just keep faithful with what you've been given, and the Lord begins to plant seeds and, and build relationships and connections to the point that I said, I've just got to give everything away and trust the Lord for provision. And I had some people who said, well, we sponsor you if you if you want to do this. And I said, okay. <laughs> so it was January of 2017. I had given away everything that I owned, whittled it down to what I could fit in my car. I had a few people who were going to sponsor me, still didn't know how I would pay all the bills took off to at that time it was pensacola florida that was my starting point the lord that's where i met my wife incidentally <laughs> wow well a good place so that's where my full-time yeah. you know ministry started so we we've got more connections here uh-huh. these cajun catholics and so there i was 
stationed at a church working out of a parish, but then able to come over to Louisiana quite a bit to do more missions and retreats. And then it just built to the point where, okay, the Lord, you know, through the interior word, through my spiritual director, and even through my wonderful priest that I was working with in Pensacola, we all agreed it's time to move to Louisiana. So that was just been about three or four weeks ago that I've been here. And the floodgates are open and the harvest is ripe here. And so we're just praying for the Lord to send out more laborers and to really just connect us, you know, and that everyone uses their gifts and they use them well. So we don't all have to look the same, act the same, sound the same. We all just need to be Catholic, Mm -hmm. like one holy Catholic apostolic church and just living that, the apostolic life. I like that. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, today's guest is Mr. Kevin McCall, lay minister in the Baton Rouge uh, Diocese, and he's from Western North Carolina, recently moved to South Louisiana. Good Cajun Catholic, great guy, uh, love love for Christ like we've never seen, you know, just beautiful, uh, and it's an honor for you to have you on the show today. Calvin? If you're following the God of the Holy Spirit in this show, you can recognize all the connections that are being made. Uh, I've felt a warm connection with this guy since I got in the truck this morning, but we talked about patience and self-control being a part of the Holy Spirit, and his story mm-hmm. included just that. He had to surrender, and when you surrender, that takes a lot of patience and self-control and trust. So the Divine Mercy uh, Chaplet, the Divine Mercy tells us that the heart of Jesus is open, so we trust him. I admire Kevin with his uh, decision and relying on God. So if we can learn something and take away something from this show, we know that with God, timing is everything, and that does take patience and self-control. What is on the uh, docket for you uh, next that God is showing you, or maybe he's not, but what do you feel, how the Holy Spirit is leading you? right now today? Well, it's interesting because moving from a a parish into just like a a full-time lay position where I'm not stationed at a parish, it's really kind of fun. I'm still with a a group that's called the Missionary Cynical Apostolate. So that's like a lay apostolate. So I have, you know, that's still that really great spiritual connection and covering. And I just got my safe environment for the diocese. So nice. I'm really, you know, safe now to to move <laughs> about. Um, so, so what do I see? It's like I'm already going to be at St. Michael the Archangel uh, doing some talks and prayers with classes there, um, helping out at Christ the King with their encounter nights. And uh, again, just like praying with people, uh, several retreats coming up. But the big thing I feel right now um coming away from the, the the parish per se and just into the more traveling encouragement ministry I'm now with a nonprofit organization that allowed me to create my own branch per se and so my branch is called becoming Barnabas and Barnabas means son of encouragement mm-hmm. And so I feel like my primary call now is to travel to many places. And even like Barnabas and Paul, they would go back to places where they had previously been to encourage and see how they were doing and to continue the work there. And so that's what I feel like my part is here, to, to encourage and build and just pour into places where I have been and to continue to, to meet people and just um, build the church up. 
with encouragement, with prayer, and through the Holy Spirit. So I actually have my own little website now. It's called becomingbarnabas.com. But I'm so tiny, you have to put in the www.becomingbarnabas.org. It's actually .org. Okay. Or just search Becoming Barnabas Kevin. So if you want to find out a little bit more about me or connect, I'm so happy to connect um, through that website. Yeah. yeah, I highly recommend you connect with Kevin. I mean, Kevin is... Uh, um, just uh, a, a wonderful man uh, to, and, a, and, a, and a soldier for Christ and uh, somebody that if you're looking for a resource and someone to pray with, I think he's your man and um, he's, he's on fire for Christ. So to get into that position, I think some of our listeners would want to know, you know, how do you stay, let's say, in a state of sanctifying grace? You know, what is your prayer routine? What's it look like for you, Kevin? Well, I have those things that the Lord's told me to do every day. And a fun thing is that it was the Holy Spirit who had me praying the rosary before I became Catholic. So so really fun. And so that has been. And the reason for that was I needed like uh, a grounding prayer. You know, I was really great with spontaneous and drive two and a half hours to show up on a block to pray for whatever. But but what was the daily routine? And, and the rosary gave me wow. that, that daily routine to pray with. And, and the Lord just kept adding people to, to pray for as I would pray my rosary. So I, every day the rosary, and every day I'm reading through the Bible. And so I just start at Genesis, like chapter one through, you know, the end of Malachi, and I start with um, Matthew and go all the way to Revelation, and I just keep reading. So it's an Old Testament, New Testament chapter, just in chronological order every day. And so when I finish one version of the Bible, I'll pick up another one and read that all the way through. So it's the scripture the the rosary and then there's a list of and it's grown honestly to about 410 people that i pray for by name every day and and then whatever the spontaneous prayers that come with that and and usually music's part of my routine too it's like some type of of just praise or singing or just like praying in the spirit through song so those are my dailies and then whatever other assignments the lord brings my way lord have mercy scripture Uh, says that uh, um that uh Psalm 1 1 says that blessed is the man that meditates on the word day and night. And uh, I believe that you are feeding the gift that's already on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit comes to guide you and teach you. And then, of course, as a revelator, so he's revealing things to you, too. I'm, I'm very excited. My evangelical uh, uh, ministry that God has me right now is already showing me some ways that we can connect. Because I love sharing the gospel with people, and salvation is the beginning, of course. You know, that's what opened doors. So uh, I'd like for you to keep that in mind. So Calvin, uh, you know, uh, uh, he's currently listening to the audio Bible over and over. He he had (laughs) been down uh, with some illness recently, and... He's just, <clears throat> he and Kevin are, or I knew they were two kindred spirits. Definitely. You know, so, okay, well, man, let's get into some Bible because we have, we have about <laughs> five minutes or so left on the show. But, Kevin, what, 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 what Bible verse, you got a lot out there, you know the Bible well, or character is most like on your heart right now, some, somebody that's close to your heart. Besides Barnabas. Yeah. <laughs> Besides Barnabas. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's, he's my highlight man <laughs> there for sure. But I also... I love the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew, like five, six, seven. There's just so much richness in that. So I think one of my favorite verses um, is, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
and everything else will be added unto you. So that's kind of a life theme and, and a reminder, especially when you want to get anxious about, you know, how are you going to pay the bill or, or what's the next assignment or where are you going to live? It's like, just seek first the kingdom and it's added. So I just love, love that verse. Um, as far as characters in the Bible, I really love Samuel. I think he is so cool. His story of, again, being a child birthed from, from deep prayer, mm-hmm. um, one who was raised up as a leader and who led the people because of his connection to the Lord and and trained up others. I mean, he had a school of the prophets. So, you know, when you love prophecy, you got to love old Samuel and, sure. and that school of the prophets. And then you read, you know, later about the, the ones who have come after him and taken up that mantle, particularly <laughs> David. I mean, who wow. doesn't love David? So, so I mean, awesome. Samuel was a spiritual father to David. So, yeah, he's one of my favorites for sure. Galvin's going to want to head out with you when this is over. Because <laughs> we just got into 2 Samuel really, last night. Yesterday, yeah. and it was just amazing that, you know, spiritual connection. I got goosebumps in this book. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell them about it. Well, okay, so my, my poor pup, my dog of 11 years is, is passing right now. She's really uh, got bone cancer, and it's just been hard for me. And, and I was asking Calvin for advice, and he, he led me to 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 23, or maybe 25. But, yeah. And what? Why? Because I never really asked you why I read it last night. But Well, it's because uh, we do all we can while there's life, no matter what condition the body is in. So we pray and believe in that God can do or intervene. And we do all we can in that area. But after that process is over, life is over on earth, well, then we, uh, we just have to let it go. We have to let it go. Because we cannot, uh, 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 they not come come to us like the Bible says. We have to go to them. So let's continue to live our life, you know, Christian, as a believer, knowing that we're going to receive the same gift that the individual that has gone before us. So that's why it's important for us to embrace life the way David did. Pray while there's life. After that, it's all in God's hands. That's what that scripture was, uh, that passage was telling us, you know. What do you think, Kevin? I think that's awesome. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Let's give the Lord some praise in here. <laughs> okay, we just have a couple of minutes left on the show. And, um, you know, uh, just again, been a real honor for to have Kevin on the show. Yes, Hopefully sir. we'll get him back. And, uh, and um, how, about, how about just a, a good message for our listeners and maybe a prayer for them? Well, I think the good message for Catholics particularly is remember your baptismal anointing and gifting, prophet, priest, and king. And that can look so different, but remember, you are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You are equipped. Our priests have taken special holy orders. You know, they've taken those special vows and they have particular job description, but there's so much work that's put on the priest that we, the laity, are called to do so the priest can be who they're called to be. So I would just encourage every Catholic to be on fire for your faith and really ask the Lord, what are you calling me to in this season? And step out as prophet, priest, and king, because God is saying, yes, you. I have called you. I have chosen you. I have anointed you, and I will equip you for the work that I'm calling you to. So you don't even have to 
to have any training. You don't have to be equipped. If the Lord's calling you to something, he will train you. He will lead you to the right people. So step out. Be who you're called to be in the church. That's my message. I love it. Calvin, want to add to that? Well, uh, one of my favorite scriptures, and Todd, you've heard that before, is Jude 24. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. If we could recognize that scripture in our lives every day, it will encourage us to live a life of sobriety, a sober life, and one that uh, will keep us pointed towards God and his kingdom. Man. And Jude is my patron saint, by the way. All right, all right. Just an activity. <laughs> well, uh, you've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show. It's a marriage of culture and faith. Again, Kevin is going to be just a fine representative for the Cajun Catholics. We're anointing you a Cajun Catholic henceforth. Amen. You know, we're baptizing you. But thank you, thank Kevin, you, for, for being on the show. And God bless you in your future. And, uh, you know, like I said, we'll hope you have you back real soon. It's been a pure delight. Glad to be here. 